Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hello there, Pete. Oh, crap. They gave him a name. <laughs> yes, Matt, it's me, Pete. How are you? I uh, am fantastic, Pete. Today, we're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 105, The Girl in the Flower Dress. And this is brought to us by the good people of Verizon, just like the episode itself. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little heavy, wasn't it? Uh, Well, Pete, before we dive in properly, just a a couple of uh, quick notes. Just wanted to mention that uh, if you would like to help out the podcast with its uh, storage and bandwidth costs, the PayPal link on shieldpodcast.blogspot.com is now working. Uh, But moving on to slightly more pleasant information, or at least less annoying information to you, the listener, just wanted to mention that the the, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, podcast buttons that uh that we sent out to the agents of the week that were all sent out the first bunch that were sent out last friday uh they have uh, been making their way across uh, the country and in one case in one case across the atlantic and i actually know that uh, one of them uh, arrived for longtime friend of our podcasts plural uh jenny all the way in california hers arrived on monday which i thought was pretty uh, amazing because they went out friday afternoon so Hopefully, our uh, our agents of the week are uh, are getting their buttons, enjoying them, wearing them proudly on their lapels. Maybe I don't know if you live in some fancy place, do uh, or even an unfancy place, an interesting place. Maybe take a picture of it. You know, buy I don't know something interesting where you live. We could share it with people on Twitter. But uh, Pete, those uh, podcast buttons are are making their way through the world. There you go. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. So I guess with that, Pete, what is next? Well, let's talk a little bit here in our debrief. We uh, end the first uh, little pod of episodes, our first five episodes in a row. We're going to have a week off next week. There is no new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode next week. Matt, I don't. I know you don't look at the previews, but we knew ahead of time there was going to be a one-week uh, hiatus, if you will, before we get back to episodes proper um november 6th i'm sorry november 5th will be our next uh new episode you know but, what, pete those of us on level seven we just knew it if you're just hearing it now dear listeners you know level six exactly. step up yo <laughs> um but uh this episode of course uh very eventful uh quite a bit going on and you know you get to your secret scene at the end and you know a lot of code being talked that we'll analyze a little more heavily in uh, level seven, but we continue with the theme of intrigue here, you know, and, and international settings, Hong Kong and Austin, Texas. To, I mean, Pete, how many children are watching the show? And, and, you know, it does have a, a, a nice, you know, sizable youth audience. How many children are saying, I hope one day to be able to visit this Hong Kong. I hope one day to be able to see Austin, Texas. Hey, it's it's not Tahiti. It's it's not as magical a place, but it is like uh you know, it's it's the Hollywood of the Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, blue in the sea of red. It certainly is exotic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, but the idea within this episode, and we saw this coming several weeks out, it would not be so simple that Sky is completely on board to the team. She still has loyalties to people with the rising tide and, 
you know, this, uh, this miles, uh, miles that we get in, uh, this episode, miles Lydon, um, mentor lover of sky. Um, you know, we, we get quite a bit of interplay there. <laughs> nice Pete. And, um, you know, I, I, I tell you what, I really liked the, um, again, everybody in the cast gets something to do some weeks more than others. Um, I liked the, the quick little banter between, um, Fitz and Simmons as Sky is, uh, in for questioning and, uh, you know, May has just, uh, caught her, you know, without her top on and hands it to her. But, uh, you know, Fitz immediately jumps to the suspicious and Simmons is sympathetic. Uh, maybe there's more than we know. And clearly with everything, the way the episode transpired, there is more than we, we know. And we'll get to that when we talk a little bit more as far as secrets in level seven. Matt, what was your overall impression of the episode? I certainly enjoyed it. I think that it was kind of a rollicking good time. It maybe wasn't quite as... I don't know, deep in the mystery of whatever, even though there's a lot of mystery, I felt like there was, it kind of was like an A minus and I'm not quite sure what makes an A plus agents of shield other than of course, you know, seeing it with 3000 people at New York comic con, as we did with last week's episode. Um, certainly, I mean, I, I feel like I have this love hate relationship with sky. I mean, I certainly was sympathetic to her when she was standing there in front of may, she must've felt like such a boob. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, I I know that I like Sky least. A part of that is because I absolutely love Fitzsimmons. Uh, I kind of felt like, oh, we're doing another Sky episode again. Not that it was entirely Sky focused, but it was like, eh. I also felt too at the beginning of the episode they kind of were were uh, they were pushing the shipping of what I like to call Gry, which is the Grant Sky shipping. Um, but that said, it was. <sighs> It was, hey, uh, listen, I'm just, I'm using the lingo that the kids use, Pete, all right? You know, sh- I ship Gry. I, you know what? Our pal in the UK, Ian, I would I would never suggest to him, you know, he's such an artist. I never suggest my, my meager ideas to him. But I don't know. Maybe he's sitting here going, I hearts, or I ship Gry. I, I, that might just, that might just inspire him. I don't know. Ian, let us know. You can also let us know if it's an awful idea. But, um. I enjoy, you know, overall, I don't want to be too negative on Sky. Um, I, it was just a fantastic episode. It kind of was almost two parallel stories that came together towards the end. We have the Scorch business going on. We have kind of the Sky intrigue going on. And they, they collide uh, in the, in the fourth and fifth acts. So uh, overall, I dug it. It was like, it was a fast hour. It was a really fast hour. It was. Remembering two we're sky matt you know while we don't have her superior uh hacking abilities um you know she's she's the new person to this world and she's a surrogate for the audience um and an imperfect one at that so you know the reveals uh beyond what she's able to hack and find out um you know really come across as genuine for the audience and then when we get the stuff at the end, you know, you, you had to know it. And, you know, hashtag spoiler Pete called it a couple of weeks ago. You know, there's more than meets the eye with her uh, parental lineage. Which, uh, 
yeah that certainly is the uh that's the that's the place to go to there that's the that's the i mean look we have the colson mystery season long certainly this is the kind of sky mystery for the first half of the season question mark for much of the season i don't know but that's that sky certainly is the the common thread uh through these first five episodes um i i scorch kind of took uh took a back seat i think to the sky stuff um that said certainly i'm no complaints there um sympathetic character nice actor um welcome that if the show is going to be hopping the world that means they're able to get different actors of different you know racial and ethnic backgrounds so that was nice it's just kind of added to the you know kind of the james bond travels the world kind of flavor to that, that the show is uh, trying to invoke um interesting use of uh the cgi with the flame too you know it it, it says a lot how far we've come that you know, effects like that can go on network television. I mean, they did cheat at one point, you know, just off the camera, he throws a fireball, but you know, they didn't pull any punches when uh, poor agent Quan got a hole oh. burned through him. And then, you know, uh, Colson apparently uh, dodged a full on fireball because the next thing we know after the commercial, you know, not uh, a tiny hair singed on his head. So, you know, could this be part again of, you know, whatever magic has uh, taken hold within him? Um, who knows? But, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a real threat. And, you know, we thought saw that threat delivered with, uh, you know, poor Agent Kwan. Yeah, I liked I liked Scorch's the progression of the the the, the practical makeup, the practical effects of the you know the, the burn effect that uh, first was his hands and up his arms and all the way up, and then uh, to talk about the digital effects for a moment when um, when he burns, I didn't catch the name probably in part because I was tweeting way too much during this episode. It was just so fun interacting with people on Twitter, but um, what I call English Doctor Lady. Um, yes, when she I don't believe burned. she's ever been given a name. Uh, well, then, um, e, Doctor Centipede, yeah, or or uh, I like to call her Edel, <laughs> English Doctor Lady. Um, but I mean, the effect of her getting burned, I kind of was like, you know, that could. There's a really young end of of uh, your audience who maybe you shouldn't should be in bed by nine o'clock. I don't know, but you know that happened at like eight fifty, and it was like, oh, this is a show with guts in the underbelly. This is well, a show between that's the, between the sky uh, canoodling with the uh, mile scene, and then that one, and then you know again uh, the hole burned in uh, you know Agent Quan. There was definitely some serious stuff. I mean, they they came to play tonight. Pete, let me let me take it here to Honest Town here. So, on last week's podcast, I was able to to claim the mantle of uh, hero for all women folk. You know, having having said at New York Comic Con the truth that this show has such spectacular female characters, three wonderful ladies, the ladies of Shield. This week, Pete. I don't know. Well, do, do I have to step down from that that well earned throne to say, my goodness, that sky stuff was great. You know what I'm talking about. But just wow, the stuff with the disc that that she she's held on to something so long. You found it great that she's sentimental. <laughs> um, 
I uh, sure. I think it's great. You know what? It's great that she's sentimental. It's great that she's been carrying around the computer chip inside her brassiere. Um, I I wish. You know what? There's people smarter than us uh, who probably could tell us kind of a feminist reading there of keeping her secrets so close to her heart, so close to to her bosoms. Um, I don't want to dwell too much. I am the hero of New York Comic Con for all women, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But just uh, and you have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um, perhaps Pete, we should move on. I'll share a, a brief note here, just as a, a segue, if not an emergency exit. Uh, the spy tech, the doorbuster, that was good stuff. It was. I like the uh, the little uh, gun to read the uh, the heat signature that May had. Um, I like that May was allowed to wear a different outfit for the first time in the series, which was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, Ming-Na Wen has been uh, clad in leather for, you know, uh, four episodes. And to have, you know, uh, Tai Chi workout gear, uh, um, Agent May was, uh, you know, just a nice change. And she wears it well. Absolutely. I mean, Ming-Na Wen, my goodness, she's just... It's just just fantastic. Just a vision, fantastic. Matt. A, a vision, vision, yes. Pete, two little uh, kind of transportation-related bits here. The bus shots that they have. This was a particularly good one where you're kind of at a 45-degree angle above the plane. You kind of have the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on the on the back of, mm-hmm. the, of the plane there, kind of across the, the, the center. Absolutely fantastic. Lastly... You know, Pete, uh, when, when last we spoke, of course, that we were in the, you know, mired in the government shutdown here in the United States. Do you think, Pete, that that has anything to do with the fact that S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, ha- uses apparently tax dollars to get uh, to get a Lexus or two or, you know, perhaps S.H.I.E.L.D. agents across the land use Lexi? I'm going to say that maybe there's some proprietary technology that you know shield has that uh you know it's the men in black idea all right you know we got velcro from the aliens so we're able to do some things like that i want to say that you know shield thinks outside of the box enough that you know they're not milking all the public money uh so that that public money can instead go to the obamacare or whatever you know oh man pete now the you're gonna turn this into a political podcast pete no, I'm just it, – it's a reality of the world we live in, man. It's just where, where money needs to go. Health insurance costs money. Does it not? You know what, Pete? There's some people who say, you know, those, uh, those former extremist soldiers, what, they can't control themselves. You know what? Go get a job, hippie. <laughs> well, speaking of extremists, Matt, let's open up this dossier, which is thick today with uh, potential – villains i don't think anyone's motivation at this point is completely clear-cut um whether it's the cyberpunks of the rising tide including you know our own potential agent sky uh whether it's you know miles lyden whether it's uh the centipede organization uh with the doctor from the pilot or even now this um woman in the flower dress uh reina who seems very mysterious and the gentleman she was speaking to at the very end of the episode who would seem to be incarcerated 
I, I pretty call him Captain Incarceration. Okay, that's fine. I we, just we can henceforth refer to him as Captain Incarceration. Made you know overt reference to Stage Two and Stage Three. So we know that Marvel is in Phase Two and actually on uh, another continent today. The Thor movie premiered. Um, you know, smack in the middle of Marvel's phase two in the cinematic universe. And now we're talking about taking the TV show from stage two to stage three. Certainly some inside baseball there. Absolutely. Pete, I, I had myself wondering, well, cause there's, there's, it's kind of floated in the beginning. Uh, when, uh, when, uh, uh, Scorch wakes up, uh, is she working for Shield? What are the particulars there? And it's established that she does not, uh, you know, obviously work for Shield. Here's my bet for the her. The she think... we're referring to is the girl in the flower dress. Uh yes, Reina. Okay. Um, I, I apologize there. Um, I don't think this is quite a level seven, you know, uh, supposition here. But but here's my bet that she works for the other guys. Uh, last week we referred to kind of the anti-Shield group. Uh, that was uh, behind Aquila and um, sword, if you will, or spear. <laughs> I, I I suppose either either would do nicely. Um, I got to thank Society for the prevention of evil. I don't know, um, but uh, I'm just wondering if because they you know in this episode having kind of returned to kind of extremist territory. Um, you know, maybe they're making an effort to where we're going to look back and go, oh, my goodness, eight of the first 12 episodes were slowly leading up. You know, they were all part of the same kind of overall story. Uh, it was the same organization that we're seeing, you know, the same evil organization that we're seeing from this corner and that corner. Right. Um, it seems that they might be headed toward that sort of sort of storytelling as opposed to, say, more of an X-Files type route where it's like. Special alien mythology episode. And then you have, you know, three weeks of like Wolfman and Fish Face and Guy Who Squeezes Into Chimneys. It, it seems that they're breaking from that pattern going more towards like, hey, it's a much more tight-knit world than you think. It's a smaller, you know, it's a, it's a small world after all, as uh, some of the other people, <laughs> uh, some of the other people say uh, amongst the Disney, the Disney crown. Well, look, they're very clearly stacking the deck. Um, I would bet money that, you know, by the time we reach the end of, you know, the first 10 or 11 episodes, um, all of this is going to be put in the service of uh, somebody like uh, Graviton or something like that, that it'll all be brought together and the threat will be made very very clear let's hope so i mean they must have had a certain plan for the first 13 episodes a certain arc right even if the thinking is we'll just last for the 13 episodes you want to kind of have that that uh you know authorial through line we'll see i mean i can't believe when i was you know prepping the podcast earlier today i was saying oh my goodness we're five episodes in already that's certainly you know we're not you know, it's not like, oh, we're almost at the end of the first season, but we're we're trucking along here pretty fast. It's gone quick. And, you know, I think the amount that has happened has gone quick. I mean, let's look at the through line, which which makes, you know, what happened tonight 
um, you know, eventful in that, you know, Sky had been on the outside of this organization, had been taken in while she's not an agent in, you know, name, excuse me, you know, in effect, she is, um, you know, she reports to Colson. She's, she's part of this group. They have accepted her. We knew it wasn't going to be that simple. Okay. And, you know, she has given them a reason to mistrust her again and that the episode ends with her braceleted the same way miles is braceleted. And we don't know to what effect, you know, is she not going to be able to hack does she lose her special hacking powers? Uh, is that just the GPS? Uh, is Coulson trying to say she's special and here's something to wear, you know, that'll accentuate your outfit? We just don't know. Oh, I think um, that it was, you know what? I think here's what happened. Returning to uh, the family theory, which, by the way, before I forget, uh, absolute, you know, super friend of the podcast, Michelle, uh, did a did a blog post, which I apologize, Michelle, I don't have the the link in front of me because i totally forgot it was a crazy day um but she kind of took our notion of the shield family agents of shield as a family and uh kind of sketched it out uh on on a blog or not even sketched it out kind of you know did it did a nice analysis on uh, online but with colson here's kind of here's what i think is the family thrust behind all of that mom catches daughter sky canoodling and mom and dad talk it out and you know dad this time is going to do the the discipline uh not that mom can't equally do it of course matt here of new york um but dad's handling the discipline this time and he basically you know gives her a talking to and now it's like here's your restrictor bracelet you know that's that's akin to i just took the car keys or you're grounded for a week or whatever it is that's kind of there's the punishment the thing that you like to do the the you know you can't do I, I saw that as a total punishment and like a you know now go to your room and no tv right right you know and and we knew that scorch would not wind up being you know this chan ho yin would not wind up being the ultimate threat of the episode he is a pawn uh, you know he's somebody that's used they want to take the fire resistant blood platelet gift that he has get him to give that and and use that for whatever even more malevolent purposes they have to weaponize these other toy soldiers that are referenced at the end of the episode. But, um, you know, between uh, Raina and whoever she represents, you know, the woman, the girl in the flower dress, this uh, gentleman who was at the end of the episode and then, uh, you know, the doctor who had been in the pilot episode, who is now uh, a pile of ash, you know, there's some sinister stuff uh, uh, going on. And, you know, I think we'll continue to see this coalesce uh, in the future. It's it's daring to continue with that kind of, you know, extremist slant on stuff. I think it was appropriate for the first episode because you're kind of like, you know, hey, that's like the Iron Man thing. That's cool. And then to now kind of turn it into a thing almost legitimizes the decision back in the pilot as opposed to go, hey, it's Marvel familiar. Uh, come on, guys. It's like that Iron Man movie. Come into the tent. It's kind of saying, you know, no, we we can stand on our own being inside the, the Marvel cinematic tent, if you will. Oh, for certain. Well, Matt, let's talk here in our level seven segment uh, about uh, easily the most tantalizing 
piece from tonight as far as a theory is concerned. What is on the redacted document that um, Sky uh, keeps close to her chest? Indeed. Well, Pete, courtesy of, uh, of um, a, uh, a wonderful Twitter listener, ZP International, uh, I actually have uh, the document, have a picture of the document, um, which uh, I actually might post on shieldpodcast.blogspot.com just for reference. Right. Uh, ZP took it, you know, as a screenshot. Pete, would you like me to read the text of the picture, the you know, the text of the the document to you, that which is not redacted? Well, Matt, I know you just got the document. I have been in possession of the document for several weeks. Okay, spoiler, Pete. Again, I'm level eight. Okay, so there's nothing on there I'm not already aware of. Well, I do stand corrected, but for for our listeners who are not level eight, shall I shall I proceed? Of course. First of all, the the date stamp uh, with the shield logo appears to be uh, February. Uh, pardon me, um, April twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. It is slightly obscured by uh, you know the fact that our pal ZP has uh, has you know, hit pause on his DVR. But anyhow, St. Agnes Orphanage, uh, re-medical, then it's kind of uh, redacted, of course, medical examination results regarding uh, female infant, redacted, um, dropped off at the St. Agnes Orphanage. I'll just, I won't say redacted each time. I'll just kind of, I'll just pause, Pete, and the listeners can figure it out. Uh, preliminary results indicate that... <gasps> And then we also have the infant was found to have <gasps> expre- uh, expressing, is that mental or mineral? Um, numbers, uh, uh, sorry, notes fi- filed by the resident pediatrician indicate. <gasps> so it's kind of a lot of that. I won't, you know, there's kind of been some test results, you know, blood pressure, normal and th- th- that kind of thing. But certainly, look, I mean... Uh, I'll invoke the L word. If they want to have a little bit of lost in the show, that was it. That was the moment where somebody is supposed yeah. to do the screen grab, put it on Twitter, put it on their webpage. Somebody do a high def this. Somebody, you know, come up with, you know, X, Y, Z, one, two, three, different versions, different theories, different words that could fit in the size of the redacted box, etc. So I welcome that kind of stuff. That's fun. That's part of what made lost a ton of fun. A lot of this mythology stuff that other shows do. It's just that great stuff for us to play with, talk about, email about, whatever it might be. Let me throw a theory out right off the bat. Fi- I uh, throw it, Pete. Okay. Rain I'm, fire. I'm going to fire it off like uh, I'm throwing a uh, Johnny Storm Scorch uh, fireball there. Or like you're okay. punching your fist through a nice Asian man. Exactly. Um, <laughs> how about the fact that uh, we get a Colson and May uh you know scene in the beginning of the episode you want to go a few rounds like the old days and what do we end the episode with we end the episode with the parentage of sky very much in question is one or the other of them potentially or both sky's parents that is She's a good got question a to vaguely ask. asian look to her I would agree that she does. I don't think that it's, you know, white man ignorant or something like that to no, say that. No, no, I would no, totally no. agree with you. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of coming at it from the story angle here. What does it make sense 
from a story point of view to do that because it's it's it approaches soap opera territory you know right, but let's the grand reveal Coulson's, is she's your daughter let's evaluate colson's motivation to bring her on the team beyond her hacking ability okay he's just been through a trauma uh we've already established him as a little bit of a ladies man in in several exchanges with uh you know the woman in peru and you know kind of hinted at here having a physical relationship with may okay maybe they just get the cellist beat the crap out of one another the stuff with the cellist exactly okay and listen you know he's a smooth guy um but he's been through something that's changed him would it not make sense to relocate your daughter that maybe you had years and years and years ago and uh bring her into the fold i'll tell you this pete it is supported by the contrast, if you will. So it's kind of opposing support. The business, was it last week? or I think it was last week where he's like, you know, can't you call me, you know, Colson or Agent Colson? There you go. She's being too familiar. And he's basically saying, whoa, 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 don't be so familiar. Now you might say, well, yeah, that's proof. He just thinks of her as a worker. But it's almost kind of like, hey, too tender on my heart here. Um I know Grant is new to the team, but if Grant was like, you know, hey, AC, like kind of, hey, man to man, boss, would he rebuff him like that? I don't think so. Right. Um, I don't want it to be true. It could be. I like your theory. I think if they handle it properly, it could be extremely effective. I I like the idea of these two ships kind of passing in the night, or at least as far as she's concerned, like she's totally unaware. Um, I'm reminded whether you want to go kind of the star Wars route of, Hey, they don't know their family for, you know, the whole first movie and a half. Uh, if you want to go the lost route with Jack and Claire, I, I think there's something very poignant to kind of say, you know, that that family member has been there and has cared for you that way, but they haven't been able to say it and uh and whatnot i think it's it's rife with dramatic potential it's also perilous with dramatic uh folly you know it could just quickly be like you know again back from the dead question mark question mark right young and the restless will be back after this yeah so it's all it's all how they play it well let's reference other theories here that are not on that redacted uh disc there may, uh, may i reference one pete because i, I, I yeah, i'm go concerned ahead. you're see my my ability to theorize pete is so meager in terms of your own <laughs> and i'm just concerned that this is going to be next on your list and i'm going to go all right that's it i have nothing else to say on this topic pete let me let me run two lines back here from the uh, past you here from the beginning of the episode pierce a man's outer shell to reveal the true man at the end of the episode say well okay um towards the end of the episode there's the comment that you can't save someone from himself now pete do we know anybody in agents of shield whose outer shell was pierced yes we do colson himself and by an alien staff no less his his heart or his may brought up maybe his brain <laughs> um i just felt like especially with that kind of book ended at the end i just felt like there was so much potential there that they're maybe trying to 
as a show, not not um, Scorch himself, but but as a show, kind of comment, foreshadow, whatever whatever moniker you want to give it. Um, you know that this is ultimately a Colson story. We're all here because we tremendously care for Colson, and um, what is the true man? I mean, he appears different. I mean, they said he's a little nicer and whatnot, but you know, is there is the secret going? You know, whatever the secret is. Uh, has there been some change, whatever it is that we're, we feel that we are headed towards by the end of the season? Was that, uh, was that as opposed to the secret of how he lives, is it going to be more than that, that the real Coulson um, was revealed between his, his uh, presumed death on the helicarrier and then his return uh, in the piled episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, just to piggyback on the, the previous theory that we threw out there that Sky could be Coulson's daughter what would make it, you know, more uh, heart tugging than to have this reunion and then for him, you know, to disclose that he's something different now? Yeah. Maybe a ghost. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? A um, couple other things came up here uh, from a conspiracy aspect uh, you know, this this index, you know, I, I'm very positive that whatever's on the redacted document is not placing sky on the index of people with with powers. Um, uh, Chan Ho uh, references that he's been uh, read the power protocols uh, after his street shows. Later on, Miles makes use of a, gra- a gridlock protocol. Uh, what what a power, Matt! The ability to create traffic. Well, but that was he pushed some buttons. That was a it's still a superpower, power. man. You can't do it with all your technical wizardry. That is true. That there is you go. True. Okay. Um, I I was a big fan of the line uh, "Better safe than busted" that Sky dropped as she produced the disc. I thought that was a uh, particularly uh, inspired line. Um, here's what I come back to with Chan though. How do we, how does he get the power? Um, they did make reference to the wonton nuclear plant in really what was the only grown worthy, uh, (laughs) line throughout the night. Um, this show has been so good about, you know, not pulling punches with the viewer. Like we're going to talk about space book. And, you know, other made up social media things and and stuff like that. The Verizon thing was a little cheeky. You got to pay your bills. We got to pay our bills. We get it. Okay. But you couldn't throw Fukushima out there or I granted it's Japanese versus Chinese. But the wonton nuclear power plant just felt like a slap upside the head. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Pete, one kind of uh, in the background uh, bit of level seven stuff that I that I dug. Um, once again, we kind of just have that that briefest of references towards the fact that, you know, it's kind of shield. Does shield follow due process? Oh, shield knows it doesn't have to follow due process because it's acting, you know, so expediently. And there's just kind of that, you know, in the background there. It's not a show about the role of government and whatnot. But again, we kind of have this little reference to like. Shield has all this power, you know, who who watches the shield agents, if you will. Well, um, what's, effective, what's their check? 
effective name check of uh, Snowden if you caught it, you know, in the first third of the episode. Oh, I didn't explain. See, this is, I, 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 I had a wonderful time tweeting with people. I did too much. I broke my rule, and I, I know I missed a couple of things. So tell us about old Ed. Well, Miles uh, name checked him in, you know, service of his initial uh, persona of hacktivist before it's revealed that uh, he sold secrets here for a million bucks. Uh. Um, so, you know, th- this uh, democratization of, of knowledge and all that, you know, wound up being a, a sham and probably a way to pick up chicks uh, at, that Sky fell for. <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I think that only speaks to, to what we're talking about with, you know, the, the era of information and what is available out there and everything uh, the way that goes. You know, for Sky to be keeping this secret um, on the disc, it's the only secret she's never been able to solve that she's looked for. You know, that all this information can bring her this and that she's wound up in the hands of S.H.I.E.L.D. now who hold or lord this secret over her. And perhaps Coulson could help. What more sense would it make if he is the dad or if he isn't the dad, he knows who mom and dad are. It certainly would be um, if it would be a heck of a moment to reveal if it, it, it to reveal who mom and dad are, I mean, obviously that would be great in any circumstance, but if it's not uh, Colson or may or both of them, um, I mean, it could be leading to towards some heck of a, you know, heck of a zinger. Like maybe they don't even name who they are, but it's just, Hey, here's mom and dad. And all of a sudden you go, Oh my goodness. It's, you know, uh, I don't know, Robert Wagner and Jill St. John, like, you know, or just something, something where you're like, who are these people? Oh, they're going to be in next week's episode. I'm totally excited. Um, I guess we'll see. And Pete, speaking of seeing, I have a level seven question for you. Fire it away, man. It's, you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel at, at little old level seven here when you're up, uh, you know, at, at the Ocho like I am. <laughs> nice. So this is the last episode of October. You know, as you said, rerun next week. No, no podcast next the week. pilot. Uh, and and a great chance to go back and mine that for uh, you know some details. Absolutely, um, but here's my question to you, Pete. In these November sweeps episodes, um, you know the the all important November sweeps. What will we see in terms of cameos? Not just fantastic episodes and action and suspense, and hopefully Sky and her brawn pantaloons again, but. Are we going? You know, who are we going to see? Where there's Pete, whisper, whisper. I heard Scar Joe. I heard you know Jeremy Renner. Are th- are we going to just get? Blo- are we going to get three or four weeks in a row where it's like, oh my goodness, this is the must see show. We had MCU people all four weeks, or is it just going to be four awesome episodes that don't need those people? Well, Matt, are you asking me information that was glimpsed in tonight's preview? Oh, son of a gun. Oh. I'm torn for, for, for I got it. Listen, I'm standing with my spoiler free peeps. I'm going to say no, but so don't spoil anything. Pete, okay. But, All but, right. but that's, d- that's fine. Share something. I mean, listen, we're, we're two days away from the, um, Captain America, the winter soldier, uh, teaser trailer. Um, the, uh, poster hit today, which if you haven't seen it is awesome. Okay. 
Um, nothing that was in the, the, the preview for next week, but, you know, I would expect we're going to get a taste of something having to do with Thor, given that that movie is about to bow. And okay. again, you've, you've got Captain America down the road. And I think what we saw last week, uh, you know, particularly the the strange math and hieroglyphics was a really far out tease to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, again, they're they're uniting this universe um, through the TV show. You know what? I'm kicking myself. I meant to look and I, I meant to look to see if some of that that strange writing from last week um I have this wacky theory that they've either intentionally or unintentionally borrowed some of that text from the Bajoran language from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Um, not that I'm suggesting a true kind of connection there, but just maybe they're like, hey, a little Star Trek in-joke, and I didn't do the research. But, hey, somebody get on that. The one other thing I want to bring up in Level 7 here, so mention was made to the clairvoyant uh, by the gentleman who was not named um, incarcerated there. And also talked about, um, you know, with Raina, oh, I like your dress. Um, just to flip that around, uh, is it possible that she is the clairvoyant, that the dress is in some way um, either mind control or it's a, it's a pattern that allows her to manipulate her, her subjects or whatever it is? If you remember back to, you know, the initial scene, um, She's able to very quickly, uh, you know, beyond her feminine wiles, uh, disarm uh, Chan Ho. And then, um, you know, she, she seems to kind of lord some influence over him. And she's always in the dress. Um, I think you raise a really good point. And the fact that she's kind of anonymously named in the title uh, of the episode and then quickly kind of um, named within the episode. It's almost, there's a bit of a disconnect there. You know, if you're not going to name her all episode and then say, who, who is this mystery woman? Um, are they just calling attention to her as a long-term character? Well, she gets away at the end and then go visit, goes to visit, you know, secret captain incarceration. It, she's mysterious enough. Uh, there's just a bit of a, what I'm assuming is an intentional disconnect where, it, it's drawing you in and saying there's there's mystery here you know what's what's going on well matt let's move it on into the decrypted transmission part of the podcast here what do you have who's written in what can we get to the bottom of here pete we have a ton of feedback this week it came uh from email before the podcast email during the podcast tweets there's a comment on the web page the only thing that we're missing was a call to the listener line which uh i will just quickly check now i don't think that we don't think that 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 uh phone rang unfortunately that's but, the um, red phone right that is the red phone uh and just a reminder to share your feedback before during or after an episode you can leave a message at 732-707-1815 you can tweet us at uh fantastic geek that's with a ph send an email to fantastic geek at gmail.com leave a comment on shield podcast.blogspot.com but this first communique comes from the aforementioned zp international on twitter who says uh i find it kind of hard this is referring to the beginning to the beginning of the episode pete 
I find it kind of hard to believe that the guy wouldn't hear two men walking around in fireproof suits. Yeah, they do kind of make a little bit of a crinkly noise. Um, (laughs) But again, maybe it speaks to some ability that the girl in the flower dress has to distract her Mm. subjects. You know, close your eyes. And, you know, really, what fool is going to sit there? I just showed you I can make fire with my hands, and now you want me to close my eyes? This seems, all right, maybe we're going to make the kissy time, but this this is going a little quick, maybe, like kind of goofy as a, yeah. Maybe he thought that she was hot for him. Or hot to trot. <laughs> or not. Um, ZP also says to us later in the episode, and it's uh, some wonderful wordplay here. Once again, Extremis rears its ugly insecti head. Which I just thought was uh, well said there by old ZP. Yes, the uh, the centipede organization. Uh, you know, they, they want to be able to uh, have their people grow their limbs and, and other extremities back. Mm, yes, indeed. Pete, moving on, a couple of tweets here from Ryan Jones on Twitter. He said uh, this was kind of in relation to the uh, the canoodle scene. Uh, he said the scene started before the commercial, and I was like, May's going to be at the door, isn't she? So, uh, yes, yes, she was. Uh, Ryan also wonders, were Sky's parents agents? Your thoughts, Pete? How about, you know, were, or were they possibly non Colson and May agents? I think that's certainly a possibility as well. I, I like the the Colson as dad just because, as you've established, Matt, this is a family. It would only make sense in, you know, the most pure storytelling way for it to go that way, so long as it, again, is, is handled well. Um, the Darth Vader as Luke's father works. The Princess Leia as Luke's sister was forced. And even my seven-year-old self was like, oh, face palm. Really? <laughs> well, Pete, moving on, we have another tweet from uh, Thomas Rhodes, who uh, says, um, Scorch would have fun donating blood to the Red Cross. Ha. Okay. Well, I got a little uh, chuckle out of that. Can't yeah, you imagine old yeah, Scorch yeah, going, hey, uh, sure thing. All of a sudden, boom. Yeah. I, no. I think maybe uh, there'd be some other things that would keep him from uh, donating blood to the Red Cross. I, I think uh, Centipede, I think uh, Shield, they, they'd kind of put the, uh, the brakes on that. Fair enough. Uh, with that, let's see. Uh, let's head to some emails here. First, we have an email from uh, Rich Dainty in the UK, and uh, he sent this. Uh, was it earlier today? I'm losing track of what the, the days are. Yes, earlier today. Um, and he says as follows. Hi, guys. My name is Richard, and as a UK resident, I have to wait a few extra days to watch the show and then listen to your fantastic he spells it with a PH oh. uh, podcast. So now I've caught up to the episode and your podcast. You had a comment says uh says richard uh uh from someone who was a gun enthusiast uh that said that the gun used by sky was a glock which does not have an external safety clip i am myself not a gun enthusiast uh so i admit this went i admit this went by me however i'm sure the producers of this quality show are up to that sort of thing and 
Uh, so my take on it would be this. Sky knows nothing about guns, as mentioned earlier in the episode. So she does not know that the Glock does not have an external safety. So when she thinks she is turning the safety off, is she not? Is that hence why the clip is falling out? Um, he says, just a thought. Keep up the good work, guys. I very much enjoy listening to your comments. But again, from Rich in the UK. So, again, I'm sure that uh, our pal Mike, who uh, was said gun enthusiast, maybe he can um, he can speak to that via the Twitter, the email, etc. But I guess it's it's plausible enough to my to my uh, you know naive ears that she's looking for the button that doesn't exa- actually exist. So she pushes the button that ejects the clip, thinking it's the safety. That makes sense to me. Well, Pete. there there had been. Um a line earlier in the show that she was confusing the two things. Uh, Ward said to Colson, Oh, she's still confusing, you know, uh, the clip eject button with the safety. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that is indeed the answer. Anyhow, Pete, uh, moving on, we have an email from our pal, Ian, who of course, uh, has zort.co.uk, that wonderful cavalcade of fun. um, And uh, he says he does have a couple things for discussion. He says, uh, when trying not to give away that you are fooling the bad guys into thinking you're someone else, it's probably best to avoid mirrors, especially cars that usually have a complement of three. He's, of course, referring back to last week's episode and uh, Grant Ward in the, uh, you know, in the car with the, uh, you know, the special glasses that were giving the fake feed and three uh, you know, three mirrors there. Anyhow, he says, shame on anyone that thought the British guy was the bad guy. Seriously, though, no MI6 officer worth their salt would blow their cover by using boot rather than trunk when talking to someone. Uh, still loving the show on the podcast, Ian. So some some proud chest beating on the on, you know, the, on behalf of Britannia there from uh, there from Ian. Pete, is it a legit concern that he wouldn't be using this kind of, um, you know, Anglo-specific language when he knows he's talking to an American? I guess uh, it makes sense that he'd be able to hide his nationality better. I've never heard boot used for trunk before. Um, really? You no, know, that's because I drive on, you know, the the right side of the road probably. But uh, right, not in terms of direction, but right in terms of correct. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the kidding aside there, Ian, um, it makes sense that he would be more of a master in that communication of hiding it. But for characterization purposes, uh, for a reveal, it only makes sense that there would be those uh, breadcrumbs. Yeah, I think it's a legit concern. Uh Perhaps less so from the authentic end, although certainly that is 100 uh, percent legit, Ian. I, I think it's kind of more proof of um, fat fingers typing the script, if you will. It's less like it's it's hand of the writer. Um, you know, can I think of a solution? No. Should they maybe have? Uh, they're the ones writing the show. I don't know. But um, anyhow, certainly a good uh, good point there. Mm-hmm. Sh- shall we carry on uh ian <laughs> shall we carry on pete yes uh we had during the episode so very exciting during the episode we had an email from jordan who said as follows i'm enjoying the show 
but I thought it was super lame that they went with Scorch and not Sunfire. Also, they kept tiptoeing around the fact that this guy's a mutant. I wish Marvel was able to do what they wanted with their characters instead of letting Fox keeps, keep the X-Men. That from Jordan. Um, was, Pete, do you agree with that? Was the notion that Scorch was a mutant? Or I thought there was some line like it only started happening in the last two years. And there was kind of floated that it was, you know, radioactive spider or drawer full of chemicals or lightning or something like that that caused it wanton nuclear power plant um could he have been activated uh it's it's certainly a possibility um listen jeff Loeb, when we saw him at um new york comic-con marvel's head of tv said that you know while certain licenses are uh caught up elsewhere you're referring to you know um X-Men being a Fox property currently, um, he didn't uh, preclude that uh, certain things couldn't come over um, and that they're certainly going to look to try to do that. At the same time, he said that Joss Whedon, um, Mo Tantarone, and uh, Jed Whedon have not set up an Easter egg farm here. Um you know, that it's not going to be about alluding to, ooh, he's an X-Men, he's a mutant, da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? So um, certainly a possibility. Um, we never did get concrete uh, details as to how the, he was manifesting this power. So I think it's intentionally left vague. Remember, too, you know, though we saw flames get channeled out of the building, um, we never saw mm -hmm. a corpse. We never saw the end of him per se and pete wasn't there reference uh towards the end of the episode something where uh um reina said something like uh, i'm paraphrasing here it, it, it was after after scorch had um deflected the bullets from his his back which seemed to be kind of a new slant on the power she made reference to something like um his true nature is being revealed or his true power is coming to fruition there was something like that that kind of made it sound like um doing the hand trick was not the end all and be all that it might that there was potentially more to it do, well, do i remember she, that correctly or was i she you know, emperor talked him a bunch of times man you know that the hate is swelling in you now she was she was getting a buy-in uh, out of emperor him. talk that's Got why it. i think yeah that's why i think the the dress is again a, a means of some sort of mind control um that it's a device fair enough well with that pete the the feedback carries on here we had a tweet from uh, the aforementioned mike on twitter uh, who says, here's a question for discussion. Is the bracelet punitive or just a tattletale, i.e. can Sky still hack with Coulson's okay? So I think there's kind of two parts there. We kind of did, you know, we kind of touched on a bit, you know, is the bracelet punitive? Um, but is Sky going to be allowed to hack on on Coulson's okay? Or is this the, um, was it the red kryptonite, Pete, that took away Superman's powers in... Uh, Superman, I want to say 5049, the crisis of the Crimson Kryptonite. Is this kind of clipping Sky's wings so that we can see more of her own humanity? She's on probation until they need those skills again. I'm okay with that. 
which could be next week for all we know, you know, or the next episode. Well, there's no episode know. next week. There's a rerun right. next week. So she's she's actually not even on the team until the end of uh, that next episode. Wowie. With that, Pete, we'll move on to a comment on the website from uh, David Rhodes. And he says as follows. Uh, enjoyed the show very much. By the way, this was in response to episode uh, 103, The Asset. Uh, enjoyed the show very much. Just a thought on Matt's view that it was not such a tough decision to make the alcoholic scientist the catalyst when Professor Jay Daniels was trying to protect the world from the gravity goop anyway. Maybe the difference was that one wanted to put the material in a place where it could never be retrieved to be used against mankind, even if it meant innocent lives being lost. And the other, that the innocent lives were worth saving, even if it meant allowing the threat to persist. And that was the tough choice face, uh, facing Agent Coulson. He says, P.S. Love the Vision idea, but I can't believe they will use it. That, of course, being Coulson as Vision. So any response there, Pete, particularly? Uh, I believe the, the, vision, uh, the vision of Vision is uh, <laughs> one of your theories. Uh, and again, co-opted from what's already out there. Um, but, you know, there is no superhero to the show. Um, I, I stand behind the potential for Colson to become a superhero. What more hope would that give the rest of us? I mean, yeah, you got Captain America who takes the super soldier serum and everything there. Okay. Um, you know, but that was a product of a different era for somebody in this day and age of relatively normal means, although he, he works and lives in level seven in Agent Coulson to manifest superpowers on his own. Uh, and, you know, what do we see tonight? The guy had, had a uh, column of fire shot on him and, you know, is no worse for the wear. Uh, I think it's that vision of getting out of the way that's helping him. Oh, with that, Pete, as we start to wrap up the feedback here, uh, kind of a one-two punch uh, first, uh, Ryan Jones says, okay, the girl in the flower dress is a psychic, obviously, and clairvoyant. Maybe the real Mandarin, question mark? Maybe, question mark? And uh, Michelle, our pal Michelle, uh, on a similar note says, uh, ooh, ooh, if the baddies have a clairvoyant, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. needs to do better studies on precognition. Calling back to one of uh, Sky's lines from last week. So, Pete do we have in the girl in uh, in the flower dress, is she the real Mandarin? And your thoughts on the need for a precogn- precognitive study? I know that from, you know, the comic universe, the Mandarin is this really elusive figure and they played around with that obviously in Iron Man 3 with the Ben Kingsley character and, you know, the idea that he's this Bin Laden-esque character and he's, he's really a buffoon. And, you know, it, it worked on so many levels. We know something is up with this girl in the flower dress. Is she a bigger bad? I, I'm going to say she's a, she's a henchman. You know, she's an intelligent henchman. She's not a henchman that gets you with her, her strength. She's got this ability, whether it's technological or it's an eight to, uh, to really kind of pull the wool over your eyes. Uh, I think she's in surface of service of a bigger bad at this point. Who does number two work for? Well, Pete, speaking of who does number two work for, we have two comments, I believe, on the old iTunes. We love those. Uh, and yes. Pete, why don't you share, uh, share what the peeps are saying there on the old iTunes? 
Well, the first comment who, I'm sorry, the first comment, which was left by uh, J.C. Roach one, as familiar as that handle sounds, um, uh, inside level seven here, uh, J.C. Roach one writes, uh, great podcast that hits all the hot button, all caps, topics that <sighs> fans want to discuss. Hashtag Fitzmonkey. Okay. Uh, which, by the way, Matt, little news on the Fitzmonkey uh, front, I think, you know, bears uh, bringing up at this point in the podcast. Absolutely. I actually have the note here. I can't believe uh, I didn't share it sooner. Uh, Emily, who uh, who got herself a button last week, um, she actually drew a picture of the Fitzmonkey. Um, and uh, I know I retweeted it, I think, twice today. Um, on top of that, actually, it just occurs to me now, I'll reach out to her on Twitter and say, hey, would you mind if I you know, saved it and posted it to the website so all can see. But uh, quite a nice pencil drawing of, uh, of uh, Fitz with the Fitz monkey. Definitely. Uh, nice work there by Emily. And uh, Matt, what about this petition that's cropped up? There's also a petition that I've started, which uh, I'll put the link on the website as well. Petition to get the Fitzmonkey uh, um, entered into the uh, into the show to get reference to it in some way, whether it's an actual monkey or a little throwaway joke. But uh, check shieldpodcast.blogspot.com and uh, you'll be able to uh, add your voice to the petition for the Fitzmonkey. Excellent. Our other comment comes courtesy of uh, G. Curtis Jr., which is a friend of the podcast, Glenn Curtis. And uh, this one is headlined, another fantastic, with a PH, see what I did there, he says in parentheses, (laughs) podcast, five stars. And he writes, uh, Matt and Pete are true professionals and know their Marvel history. They provide the most unbiased and in-depth review of of each episode and are entertaining to listen to you can always trust them to push a new episode for your commute the following morning if you have been listening to some of the other aos podcasts definitely check this one out trust me you will have no reason to return to the others keep up the great work guys and remember hashtag fitzmonkey started here all caps exclamation point Wow, fantastic stuff there, fantastic praise there from uh, Glenn, who really, really is such a pal. And uh, with that, Pete, should we get finally to our Agents of the Week? Yes. We have such good stuff, we will we'll be uh, uh, awarding two people the title of Agent of the Week. The first, uh, as previously mentioned a couple times uh, in, in other comments, but in, in this, his uh, Agent of the Week winning uh, bit of conversation... Agent of the Week number one, Ryan Jones, who said early in the episode, this is extremis, isn't it? And I responded, now, interesting theory. I hope not. Um, obviously, it ended up being an extremis uh, uh, reveal shortly after he theorized it. But what, what was the icing on the cake is Ryan's response. Uh, he says, it makes sense. People boosting, quote, subpar heroes to fight the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. Obviously, he's saying, you know, heroes kind of almost in quotes as well. You know, the notion that, hey, I'm anti-Avengers, I'm anti-Shield for whatever reason. I'm a bad guy or I'm just an opposing government. So what can I do to, you know, I want my own Hulk. Well, I can't get that. But what if I had, you know, five extremist guys? Could that 
counteract the Hulk or counteract Thor, etc. So I rather like that, you know, that, that theory there, Pete, that we have people kind of boosting the subpar, uh, the subpar heroes to, to fight our heroes. Right. I mean, if they're not chosen in terms of the the mutant idea and the word was used early on when the guys with the fire suits showed up, um, then they can be selected by others, whether it's Centipede, whether it's, you know, whatever rising tide organization, you know, is out there making these calls. Uh, it's certainly another way to go. Indeed, he do. So congratulations there, Ryan. I'll be in touch to send out your uh, your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek button. And uh, lastly, Pete, in another kind of return performance here, uh, I return to ZP International uh, for kind of service to the podcast. I had said on Twitter, someone please post a pic of Sky's document, which we referenced already. Three minutes later, ZP International had... Uh, gone back you know on the dvr paused it taken the picture posted it took only three minutes for that request to be met that certainly is uh is warranting i think an agent of the week uh title so i'll be in touch uh, uh with zp international as well uh to send that button out and uh i think pete two fantastic agents of the week they are if only uh i had seen that tweet i have that document right here in paper form um, I would have just uh, faxed it over to you. But you know what? Thank you, ZP, for uh, saving me that trouble. Faxed it. Okay, Gramps. But the question is, Pete, do you have it redacted or, or you know, the original? I do not have the redacted version. I have everything on it. Well, Pete, what is not redacted is uh, the fact that you are just week after week a, a, a Twitter liberty. I've heard that your next takedown is going to be Miley Cyrus. That you hope to surpass her. Uh, you might have a ways to go, but Pete, the the people want to know your Twitter name, your Twitter handle, as the the cool kids say. What is it? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J. Ketelar, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. And you can say hello to me. I am Looking Back Lost on Twitter. Uh, reminder, please share your feedback for the podcast. It's so much great fun hearing different people's theories and feedback and whatnot. On Twitter, Fantastic Geek with a PH. Uh, you can send an email to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. We would love to somebody to leave a message on the listener line, 732 707 1815 leave a message with our Google Jarvis uh, for up to three minutes. And uh, you can also leave a comment on the webpage, shieldpodcast.blogspot.com. You can, you know, see the Fitzmonkey picture. Hopefully you can see, you know, vote in the poll to get Fitzmonkey uh, inserted into the show. And um, hopefully that, uh, you know, shieldpodcast.blogspot.com becomes a little home away from home for you and your uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. conversational needs. So that, Pete, we will be off next week. We'll be kind of kicking it back. And um, I guess we'll be back in two weeks' time uh, with episode 106, whatever that title might be. Well, remember, too, Matt, you know, this this isn't the only podcast that we do. Um, you know, Fantastic Geek having a family of podcasts with the PH there as well. Um, so always the possibility if there is any uh, breaking pop culture news that uh, something might just crop up important enough for us to weigh in on. So we're never really off. We're, we're kind of like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
you know, we're on call 24 seven. That's right. The, the pop culture podcast feed is, or the, the webpage rather is uh, fantasticgeek.blogspot.com. If you follow us on Twitter, you know, and something updates on the pop culture podcast, it'll automatically be, you know, uh, a tweet will be sent out there as well. I know Pete, I don't want to, don't want to tip your hand too much. I think that you are, you're hopeful that uh, another, uh, another branch in the tree of Disney will have something to share in the next week or two. Um, or, I, you know, or I already know that there is. That's true. That's true. You do, you know, I, I, I hope you're not trying to force any connection here. Well, we'll just see what happens. Indeed. Well, Pete, with that, I think I'm, I'm all talked out here. We're at the hour and a minute, uh, hour and eight minute mark, our longest podcast yet for quite a, quite a rousing episode. I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No. Nope. Oh, I thought you, were, you wanted to extend it to an hour and nine minutes. Anyhow, nope. with that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners around the world. And Pete, let's hear your final word. So we're good, right? <laughs>